to Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. We are here. We're excited. We're going to be talking 49ers news because there's a bunch of things that have happened already this week as we're building. Get to the Indianapolis Colts. So many things happening. Quarterback updates, roster moves galore, signings, practice squad releases, practice squad signings, comments from, from players, trade rumor. I mean, holy shnikes, Ant. And Holy shnikes. Then... And then, I mean, it really is. That's what it feels like. Yeah. It's just constant. It's nonstop. We got nothing but news. And the Niners haven't even practiced yet this week. Well, Monday. Well, that's true. They did have the Monday practice. Ooh, like, yeah. I, I, I forgot about that. They had the Monday practice. But they haven't had anything like crazy happening up until yesterday. And all, everything just kind of like, oof, out on the table. So make sure you hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. And that notification bell. That way you're notified for all the daily videos at 11 a.m., all the wonderful stuff we still got coming today, including Quest for the West. You don't want to miss that. Plus, Thursday, a lot of great things coming your way, including a daily video. You got your game preview as well. And you cannot forget about the live stream just after that game preview. It's a lot of fun. And then Friday, obviously the Friday, Friday Fiesta here on the 49ers Cutback. A lot of great stuff going on. Uh, but Ant, some quarterback updates. What's going on in uh, 49ers land with the quarterbacks? Jimmy G showed up at practice, and Jimmy oh. G's back on Monday. He showed oh up at practice. Um, Trey Lance wasn't there, so that, that's the update. Is right now, we got Jimmy G. It looks like he's on track to play against the Colts. Looks like he's going to be back to being QB1. We'll see if Trey shows up today. If Trey shows up out at a practice today, um, then he's going to be able to play in this game. Wednesday is the more important day than Monday. On Monday, they were just getting reacclimated, getting back out there, going through their film, you know, and all that stuff, going through meetings. Uh, so this will be the one, and hopefully Trey is back out there because I'd love to see us have Jimmy and Trey available for this game because I think that's the best overall situation for the quarterback position. But I feel I feel good that Jimmy is going to be ready to go, and it appears he's going to be able to play in this game because they can take advantage of this Colts secondary. And if the 49ers get it going early, um, I could see some big games for Brandon Uke and for Debo Samuel. So I'm, I'm really excited about the potential for this football game. A lot of potential for this football game. Yep. Huge potential for this football game, Ant. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing what Jimmy can get done. Um, I'm hoping that we can have Trey as well. I would much, much prefer Jimmy and Trey to both be available on Sunday or, and then j- j- just just one of them. J- just one Agreed. of them scares the living nightmare out of me now. Mm, I'm not scared of the living nightmare. We got said. It scares the living nightmares out of me, Ant, and puts even worse nightmares into my head. I know that some people would like to acknowledge him. I, I know that. Um... Can we at least let him prove something first before we acknowledge him? I, I'm all no, for the, the memes. I'm all for the memes yeah. and, and him being the head of the table. I get that. But the season is not lost yet. I don't want to have to have it go into the hands of Sudfeld for that to be the case. I know. You're right. It, the best situation is for those two guys to be healthy, at, at period. Um, in fact, the best situation is for both of them to be able to contribute during football games. Also accurate. Um, I think that more now than ever before, we need to get a, a heavy dose of Jimmy Garoppolo with some supplemented Trey Lance and let him operate in space. And operate some of the run game, you know, some of the read option stuff. And let's just see how, you know, other teams are able to handle both of these guys being out there. I think that's the best situation for the 49ers. 
But we'll see what Kyle Shannon ultimately does. But the good news is Jimmy Garoppolo trending in the right direction, and Trey Lance hopefully will get out there at practice today, and he'll trend the right direction while both these guys for Sunday night versus the Colts. That would be great. It would be glorious. Be wonderful. Mm. You can have a wonderful conversation on Quest for the West next week about how the 49ers are back in business and not, you know, the conversation we're having today, which is the Cardinals are running away with the division and the 49ers are just struggling to uh, stay afloat. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's fine. Man. It's fine. It's all good. Niners made some other moves, right? They did some other things as yep. well to try and shore up some of the roster and shore up the practice squad a little bit. They signed Michael Kendrick, something we thought was going to happen. They actually pulled the trigger and get this done. They also, Ant, surprisingly enough, signed John Jalapio to the practice squad, as well as Jaquez Patrick. That one is not so much of a surprise. I, I felt that coming. Um, the corresponding move, obviously, for those two practice squad signings, they released Jared Maiden, the safety. Um, how are you feeling about the Michael Kendrick signing? Does it make sense to you? Does the John Jalapio signing mean anything to you there, or is it just depth things, depth things and pieces for the O-line? I think first off, Michael Kendricks makes a lot of sense because you've had a hard time with run fits with Marcel Harris. True. Marcel Harris has a fractured thumb that he had surgery on, so there's no I know they say he's gonna be back, but there's no guarantee that he's gonna be there. But you need to make sure you have somebody in these run fits against the Colts. The Colts are a very good football team at running the football, and you're probably gonna want the same sort of thing against the Bears. So making sure you have someone out there that can play in your base four three set while Dre Greenlaw is out, is very important. So the 49ers bringing in Michael Kendrick right now is very strategic. They know they're going to be playing in more base 4-3 sets you know, than they have pretty much all season. So getting out there and improving that base 4-3 set is something they needed to do, number one, because Seattle exposed that it was a weakness. And sure. then the Cardinals did some of the same thing. Until their tight end got hurt, they were doing this a similar thing, and they were able to move the ball and take advantage of it. And Kendrick's, now that he's finally healthy and ready to go, is a guy that understands you know, what the system is about, and he can get in there and he can operate in those 25 to 30% of the snaps that he's going to be asked to play. And hopefully he can help in the run fits and he can help stop Jonathan Taylor in the powerful run game. And if he does, then the 49ers are going to be in a very good position to win this game. Absolutely. I mean, that is that is the key. That is priority numero uno in this game. Um, and this, this signing, right, bringing this guy in makes sense. Um, he's familiar with the system. He's comfortable already. So there's not that big learning curve. Um, and yeah, there is a concerns with Marcel Harris, and especially with the thumb stuff. Even if he's good to go, um, how comfortable is he going to be getting himself into situations, getting into the nitty gritty, coming down in, into space, you know, into the box, into the wash, and trying to make tackles with that hand? I don't know. Is it going to be wrapped? Is it going to be protected as well? Is it going to prevent him from grabbing claw? Another question that that needs to be answered, and and you know, we'll get a better idea of you know how he's protecting and what he's doing throughout practice throughout the week as people talk about and report on it. But this is a good backup plan. And again, it's just short-term. This is a short-term solution for potentially, you know, uh, getting getting yourself to Dre Greenlaw. At this point, we're just trying to bide our time until we get this man back with his linebacking core. And then there's less questions and less problems. Um, and as long as that group stays healthy, then, then we're sitting really pretty on the defense because the defense has found a way to get it done so far without him on the field. Hendricks now gives you a little bit of breathing room until he can return as well, and that'll help us out. Yeah, it also doesn't rush him, you know, just in case. Correct just to make sure that he's in the right spot. Because I think, you know, them saying he had an outside chance and then you have this signing, I think it means he's not going to play for a couple weeks. And so you buy yourself some time. Maybe you're going to get through the Bears game. You're trying to get to Arizona, you know, at the first part of November. And that way you can, you know, get one of the division guys with Dre, a full healthy Dre, and hopefully a healthy defense overall. Um, that is what you're building towards. And then as far as, you know, signing the offensive lineman, um, 
Alapio, I guess is how you say his name. I don't know for sure. Uh, one thing I'll say is is just a little bit of background on him. He was drafted by the New England Patriots. True. Um, he did not make their roster. He ends up, you know, going to the Broncos practice squad. Doesn't make their, you know, their active roster. But then he landed in New York and he played with the Giants for, a, you know, for a little while. Twenty seven games. He started twenty three of those games. So he's a guy with experience. A thirty year old guy who's got experience and a veteran at the University of Florida. Um, he, he's a guy that people were turning us on to in the comment section, saying that he was better than Jake Brindle. Now we should go ahead and take a look at the the video and stuff. I, I looked at a little bit of video of him and watched it. He's got some good technique. Um, I don't know how much of a huge improvement he is over like a Jake Brindle, but he's somebody that you can add his depth that can give you some interior help if needed. Um, so it's a solid guy to have around and and a nice pickup to bring in and fill out your practice squad. And I think that's exactly what they're doing, making sure they have guys in case they need them. So um, well done by them. You continue building you know, your roster, all players, every single one of them. And this is just an avenue for them to do that. No, it, it makes sense to add that depth there. You lost Senio Calamete just a few weeks ago getting yeah, signed exactly. to an active roster. So this is this is a solid move. It's a guy that you've seen a little bit of film on. You feel you can develop and do mm-hmm. some stuff with. If you know, barring crazy things happening, you shouldn't have to activate him. But if you need to, you know he can produce something at some sort of level. Um, and you're not just pulling the, pulling a, a nobody Joe Schmo off the street. The Jaquez Patrick signing just makes 100% sense. You've had injuries at the running back room. Yes, you're opening the window for Jermichael Hasty. Yes, there's there's going to be opportunities for, you know, the 49ers to get even Jeff Wilson back in that running back room to be even more stable. But this is a guy now who's been in the system now for a little bit. You've seen a good chunk of what he can do. No one else is taking a look at him and wanting to bring him in. So, hey, get him back in here. Sign him to that practice squad. You had another little depth piece there in the running back room where if, you know, bar, if something goes crazy again and goes haywire and you get down on running backs, you now have a guy down there you can call up and bring up to help. Doesn't like sure up or solidify the running back room, but it definitely does give it a little bit of stability with a guy who will have even more time getting comfortable in the system. Yeah, and he has a different skill set than the other guys you have, right? True. He's a big physical, you know, power guy that he can finish around the goal line. So maybe you have a certain situation or a certain team that you want to use him against. When they're on the practice squad, you can elevate them and use them in those situations. So maybe they choose to do that. Um, but he's a guy that you want to continue developing because one thing when we signed him off of Cincinnati's practice squad was Cincinnati's fan base was very upset because Patrick was somebody that they were high on, somebody that they saw potential in that they were developing throughout training camp and in the preseason, and they didn't want to lose him. So the fact that the 49ers you know, were able to go sneak him away, and I remember Kyle Shanahan saying they had the opportunity to go steal someone from a practice squad, so they did it. Um, it means they they wanted to go steal him, and now that he's on their roster and their football team, they're going to get a, a even a longer look at him, and and maybe he could develop into something in the future. They're going to have two unrestricted free agent running backs next year, so they're going to need to fill it out. Maybe they don't want to fill it through the draft; they want to fill it through um, guys that they have on the roster or through the practice squad that understand this system next year. You know, and maybe that is a, a group to go with with Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon, and somebody like a Joquist Patrick, who's a big physical runner. Um, gives you a little bit of a different um, build. So it's something curious to watch. We'll see if it ends up being anything. I mean, for all we know, two weeks from now, he could be cut from the practice squad and they could be signing you know, another player at another position. You just never know. Accurate, Ant. That very well could be the case. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens with this. But you and I both know what we're really excited about. Jared Maiden getting cut? No. Um, I would like to comment on Jared Maiden real quick okay. before we yeah. move on. No, no, go ahead. Um, because a lot of people on Twitter are very upset about Jared Maiden getting cut. Um, now, number one, I'm not hugely upset, but I'm not happy he got he got cut either. Uh, coming out of Alabama, he was one of those guys that I thought as an undrafted <clears> free agent could 
possibly you know make the roster with his unique skills, able to play in the nickel in the slot, and then also able to play the safety position. Yep. But I think through two years, it's been proven that Jared Maiden is not good enough to play on this roster as currently constituted, which means you know it, he needs to go somewhere else and develop if he has that opportunity. I hope he does get that opportunity because I think he's played really hard and he's tried. Um, but anytime you get cut from a practice squad, at you, you weren't good enough to be on this football team. You weren't good enough to be on this roster. So um, no reason to get upset, but you feel for the guy and you hope he lands. Yeah, I, I hope he does also. Um, and if he doesn't land somewhere, Ant, there, there's going to be more injuries. There's going to be more injuries. He's going to land on someone else's practice squad True. at some point, or he could end up in San Francisco back on their practice squad. You just never know. Um, you know, I, Jared Maiden is just one of those ones that you just haven't seen enough. I haven't seen enough for me to be like, yeah, no, this guy needs to be around, needs to be active, yeah. needs to be on this team there's there's flashes don't get me wrong um but then there's also just moments where it's like what are you doing what are you doing guy so jared maiden wish you the best of luck my guy uh but jermichael hasty the practice window is now open Ant. yeah and from somber news for some 49ers fans and jared maiden to exciting news for should be everybody tasty hasty folks looks like he's coming back he's gonna be back um couldn't come at a better time in a moment where we need some explosivity we need some help for Elijah Mitchell, a guy that has demonstrated and shown an improvement in the vision aspect, an area the last few weeks that Elijah Mitchell has struggled in with the vision. Uh, this this last week, this last week a little bit, a little bit, a few runs, a few I, I, runs. I hate the term struggle because just because you miss a hole doesn't mean you struggle with it because he also yep. goes through little small holes that most running backs don't find. Trey Sermon tries to bounce out. And these are these these he's a rookie that's learning how to run in his own system. True. And he's finding these holes in these creases and he's getting good yardage on these. hundred percent. Um to me I, I just I don't see that aspect of it in the vision problem. Okay. I know the open field one, you know, where he could have went outside and scored. There's two there's but I two think of those, those come from coaching points, right? Yes, yeah, so that's, that's that's where I'm what I'm thinking also. I'm I'm thinking that as well. Yeah. I haven't seen Jermichael Hasty be that type of runner this year. We saw that version of Jermichael Hasty last year a little bit at times. When he was a rookie. But correct. Interesting. Which is why I'm not. This is why I'm not. I'm not burying Elijah know, Mitchall I'm just, here. I'm, I'm not burying fun. Elijah Mitchell over here. Jeez, I don't know. Ant. You kind of had that Jeez, shovel up. You'll know when I'm burying Back somebody. Up the truck. Lock <laughs> it up. <laughs> You'll know when you lock it up, Ant. You need to lock it up. That's what you do. You lock it up. You lock it up. All right. Uh, look, Jermichael Hasty is in that second year now. Yeah. More comfortable, more familiar in the system. I think it will help because I think even Elijah Mitchell knows right now, not really that guy behind him, right? That guy behind him. Trey Sermon is not getting touches. Trey Sermon is not going to be getting touches anytime soon, folks. It's just not happening. A lot of over, a lot of people overblew the scenario with Trey Sermon and what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. 200 touches, 120 plus touches, the lead running back in San Francisco after a few weeks. I mean, we, we've heard it all from every person. Elijah Mitchell is running back one. Now with Tasty Hasty coming back and Jermichael Hasty returning into this lineup, when you don't, you know, if Elijah Mitchell's only getting nine or ten carries, Ant, you're not turning to Sermon. You're not having to rely on Trey to run the football. You now have another guy that you can give the ball to nine or ten times. You can get those 20 to 25 rushes a game without overburdening one running back. One guy who's extremely fast, quick, um, get quick twitch, and he's got he's got great eyes. You just got to clean a couple of things up in Elijah Mitchell. And then another guy in Jermichael Hasty, who has shown the explosivity this year and the ability to change directions quick, get up field, bounce outside. Yeah. He's done a lot of great things. And two guys also, Anthony, can be utilized in the pass game. Yeah, they can. Both of them can really catch the ball, which is a big difference from Trey Sermon, who struggles in that area. 
Now, the one thing about Elijah Mitchell is now that we've made it through the bye week, he's had two extra weeks to get healthy. Sure. So this guy's going to get, you know, your 15 carries a game at least. And then you're going to have Jermichael Hasty that goes in there, especially on third downs, catches the ball in the backfield, you know, gets some runs. But he'll also get a few series here and there where he's the, the guy that goes out there and gets it done at the running back position. But I think that Trey Sermon now gets pushed, you know, a little bit down the line. This is what they wanted. This is what it was going to. After Raheem Moser was out, they wanted this. Elijah Mitchell, then Jermichael Hasty, then Trey Sermon. That was how they wanted it built. And unfortunately, you had Hasty go down too, where he fumbles the ball, gets hit in the ankle. Um, it's it's unfortunate he gets a sprained ankle of, that way. All sorts of nonsense. But the fact that they moved on from Jock West Patrick as far as cutting him from the active roster and then putting him on the practice squad, you knew the Jermichael Hasty window was going to be open. True. More than likely, he'll be activated for this football game, and he'll be ready to go. So against the Colts, you're going to get a heavy dose of Elijah Mitchell and Jermichael Hasty and their skill set. And you'll probably get a maybe a couple carries from Trey Sermon, uh, maybe. Um, I, I think that they they don't really plan on using this guy a whole lot. I think you're right on that. Um, but, yeah, I think that these guys are the most dynamic running backs that you have on the team. Both of them have the explosion. But one thing with Jermichael Hasty, he doesn't have the top-end speed that Elijah Mitchell has. He, he does top out. But his short area quickness is impressive. Um, so he can jump cut and get there. But you're right, the vision's a lot better than last year. Last year he would run into offensive linemen. Sure. He would run straight into defensive linemen. Also true. And this year it, it's tremendously better. But he has a better feel for the offense. He knows where moving parts are going to be, where he's supposed to be. He presses to the line of scrimmage, hits that jump cut and gets going. Um, where That's where you see the little bit of problem with Trey Sermon, where he goes to the line of scrimmage, presses, and then it's like, oh, jump cut, jump cut, jump cut, and then go. Um, and that's what they're trying to cut him away from. Get the foot in the ground, get upfield, sir. Um, and get your positive yards. Get it, get it, get it, get it. Yeah. And uh, don't let those uh, don't let those little holes and windows that can turn into big plays collapse in front of you because you're being indecisive. Yeah, and the thing is that realizing what a hole is in the NFL in college, your hole is gigantic. Oh, I mean, I've I've seen Trey Sermon highlight highlights yeah. and how big the hole is, and it's like, yeah, I could I could run through. In the NFL, a hole could be 18 inches of daylight. I mean, sure. like, you know, Gail Sayers used to talk about, all I need is 18 inches of daylight, and he wasn't lying. Um, but no. Elijah Mitchell gets through those little fine holes as well. He finds those little creases and gets through there, and those are things that I'm hoping Hasty does as well. If both of them do that, we have a nice one-two punch to get us to Jeff Wilson. If not, um, you can find other areas, though, to get Jermichael Hasty involved because he can do a lot of other things. Plus, both of these guys can run the, the toss. They can live on the outside. They can run the outside zone which is something that so far Trey Sermon hasn't done at a high level. Some of that not his fault. We had interior guys maybe that weren't being also able to true. hold blocks, um, but how much of that is Trey Sermon's also slow? So those other guys would have already been gone when those interior guys got there. Correct. Um, yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. That's accurate, Ant. 100% accurate. But now we need to get some, to some interesting comments because Alex Mack and Trent Williams both had some comments. One about the, both of them about the roster, each of them did. And then Alex Mack had some, some separate, uh, I guess, words of encouragement for Aaron Banks. Second guy this week now that's got Aaron Banks' name all in their <sighs> mouth. And maybe that means something, but maybe it doesn't. Who knows? Uh, look, Trent Williams talked about how the 49ers, fans, everyone, there's no need to panic. The 49ers basically have everything they need in-house already. Essentially saying, this team doesn't need to buy. This team doesn't need to sell. This team, as it's currently constructed... And get it done and he went on to elaborate a little bit about that didn't he yeah he did i mean he really got into the fact that it, they've only had a little bit of mistakes they've been making mistakes little mistakes that can be corrected 
and they haven't been making big mistakes that can't be corrected. So um, I believe that is kind of what everyone's been saying, right, Alex, on this podcast, is that the 49ers are just making little mistakes, not executing at the right time. But if they could put it together, they could win. And this is actually going to the numbers as well. The 49ers are grading out to be one of the best football teams in the league overall, and they have one of the weaker schedules coming up still. So if you add those two things together, you have opportunities for wins. So there's no reason to get ahead of ourselves and think that the 49ers can't come back. They're two and three right now. But I think Trent Williams' attitude and the way that he the, he talks illustrates exactly what the 49ers' frame of mind is in that locker room. It's like, okay, we've made mistakes, but we can correct these mistakes, and we know that we have enough. So they have a belief that they have enough to go get it done. And as long as you have that belief, and, you, and you're able to fix those problems, you can definitely win football games. So I like that this attitude is coming from Trent Williams to, um, and, and this football team because he's definitely sharing what is going on in those locker room. And I now have even more faith in this team than I had even a week ago, and I, I still had a lot of faith in it. Yeah, I, I, I had a lot of faith in this team too. Um, and we've been saying it for the last three weeks, it feels like, after every loss. Man, just one drive, one possession. Yeah, mm, There's so many things that can be cleaned up and fixed. Mm. Man, I'll, I'll tell you what. This team looks like they're going to be just fine. They're going to be a okay and get this done. This isn't this isn't the end of the world. This is this is fine. Yes. This is fine. They're going to be just fine. Been saying it. Brett Williams is echoing it. Yeah, no doubt he's echoing it because this team is fine. This team has all the pieces it needs. Right. This team knows what they can be. They know what's been causing their losses. They know what's been not allowing the offense to have success. And they've had a full week to reflect, a full week to improve, a full week to mentally get themselves right. And they're going to get it done. They're going to get it done this week. Um, look, the Tennessee Titans start off the year one and two this year. Okay, Titans fans freaking out, freaking out, Ant, after that week one shellacking right, against the Arizona Cardinals. More freakouts when you have a close, very close overtime win against the Seattle Seahawks. Freaking out even more after... The Colts led almost the entirety of the game against Tennessee. They get two wins in a row, Ant, and then you lose to the freaking Jets in overtime. A team that had no hope of doing anything at all whatsoever. They were looking like they were going to go over on the season. And I know a lot of Tennessee fans and people that were losing it. Team's done. Sell the season. You're 500-2-2. Two and two. Sell the season. You get an easy win against the Jags. And then they just took it to the Bills on Monday night. Guess what? Niners have themselves a nice little stretch coming up with some very winnable games. Winnable game here against the Colts. You're going to turn around. You're going to have a rookie quarterback in Justin Fields and the Bears. Extremely winnable game situation where the defense could eat all over that and give the offense plenty of positive field positions. And then you get your revenge, a chance to strike back at the Arizona Cardinals. And the Niners' schedule even after that gets it's even, it's even better. Right, because you got Jaguars, Texans coming up. Down, yeah, Jags, Texans. Yeah, you're gonna have the Rams twice. I know, but you're gonna you're gonna have the Rams twice beaten up at that point of the season as well before they have their bye, and then they get to that the Week 17 game at the to, yeah Week 17 game at the end of the season. Um, not to mention, right? Not to mention the fact that you still have to deal with the you have the Minnesota Vikings who have been up and down also all over the place. Joe Burrow and a Bengals team that's been playing well, but has let some games slip here recently. There's lots of opportunities for this 49ers team to have success. Plenty of chances. And Trent's not wrong. It's a few things. Mm-hmm. They're all clean. They're all cleanable, cleanable, fixable mistakes. Recognizing, right, 
front scheme who you're supposed to be blocking executing blocks when they're not you know completely out of reach uh, it's not like last year guys aren't missing blocks on dudes who are 15 yards out in space and they're trying to get out there and there's no way they're going to make the block and it's like why are we running this play you got guys that are head up maybe just a shoulder inside that we're just missing on sometimes and we're missing on them on crucial downs and distances those things can be fixed all of those things can be fixed drops can be fixed right missing wide open receivers can be fixed mm-hmm. we have open receivers though faithful cutback crew 49ers fans it's open receivers there are open receivers in space that we're just not hitting so it's not like there's a scheme problem guys are in the right spot guys are where they're supposed to be we're just not executing yeah i i think it's that clear it's, it's really not that hard um the 49ers uh they know what they have to do to get it back together and you know they've they've suffered some tough losses they've had injuries in the wrong times you time those injuries guys being out uh, coupled with the fact that you know, you're making key mistakes at certain positions, and it's just been a perfect storm of you know ways to lose football games. Um, sometimes teams find ways to fo- lose football games, and the 49ers got to find ways to win them now. And they, right. can, they can do that. And a lot of that's going to be stabilized by making sure you have you know, key players at certain positions. And we've talked about this, the defense getting more healthy. We get Dre Greenlaw back, we'll have all the original starters on defense, hopefully. Uh, because I'm, I'm saying hopefully, because I don't know when he gets back, there might be someone else missing, but hopefully not. Um, and you know, then on the offensive side of the ball, you know, we're not going to have Kittle for a couple more weeks, True. but we can get by, we get, we can get by as long as these receivers step up and the quarterbacks able to get him the football and Alex Max comments kind of allude to the fact that he doesn't care who the heck the quarterback is, as long as the quarterback goes out there and wins football games. Right. And I think that is a sentiment that's probably felt throughout that locker room. A lot of people think that they're completely, you know, pro one way or pro the other. Um, these guys are pro winning football games because they want to be a winning team and they want to you know, go out there and be successful. And if Jimmy Garoppolo gives them the best opportunity, which I believe a lot of them thought he did, um, then they're going to, you know, say, we want Jimmy out there. And if they think it's Trey, then it'll be Trey. What Alex Mack is saying is, look, you guys are making a big deal about this. We really don't care. We just want the guy that's going to be out there to make us, you know, win football games. And if that's using both of them, that's using one of them, it doesn't matter. I just want to win. And I think that's the sentiment that everyone can resonate with. So, um, that's I know that's my sentiment. I don't care which one it is, as long as the 49ers win football games. So if Kyle Shanahan deems that it's Jimmy Garoppolo that needs to be the guy behind center, I'm good with that. If he deems it's, it's Trey Lance, because Trey Lance gives us a better opportunity to win, then it's Trey Lance. If he all of a sudden decides he's going to go off his rocker and it's, it's Nate Sudfield, then I'm going to roll with Nate Sudfield. Not really. Um, but anyways, I, I just I just really think that that is a sentiment that everyone can. You're not wrong, man. It, it really is. It's definitely something that we can all get behind, and it's accurate. Um, this is the case with this team. You know, this is the, the like we talked about a little bit of the, that Shannon plan ideology here is that both guys give you an opportunity. Both guys give you a chance to win football games. Both of them do. So what do you do? You roll with neither. You pick a side. No, if you're the 49ers and you're Kyle Shanahan, you know, you get your guys to buy into the fact that either one of these guys, whenever we need them, is going to be the guy that steps in and, and gets it done. And uh, run skill goes on to elaborate a little bit more on that as well, right? He goes on to elaborate a little bit more about guys needing to step up, and he specifically talks about Aaron Banks being a guy that fans shouldn't be worried about, that he knows he's not worried about, the O-line group's not worried about, Banks shouldn't even be worried about. Run skill said that or Max oh, said Oh, excuse that. me, Max said okay. that about Banks. Okay. Um, he went on to also talk about Brunskill a little bit, but okay. specifically talking about Banks and saying that, you know, basically the fan base shouldn't be worried. He had some things he needed to clean up. He's been cleaning those things up. He's been getting better. And that ant, he needs to uh, stay ready and continue grinding because they may need his help soon, including this game. 
He specifically refers to the Colts game as them potentially needing to needing Aaron Banks to step up and go in and play. John Lynch has now said it. <laughs> Alex Mack has now said it. Is something happening here? Um, I don't know. I, I that that is interesting. When you're coming out of a bye, you can always, you know, have little changes in your lineup. I mean, this would be an opportunity for them to go to Banks if they thought he was a better option. It could also be that maybe they're planning on playing an extra lineman at times because of the Warner and Dwelly issues on the edge with the blocking. <laughs> you know that's right. Um, so maybe they would bring in him or Jalen Moore, you know, in heavy sets. Uh, or it could just be that maybe they're going to roll him out there in, you know, some series. You know, give him a look. You know, let him roll. Um, we'll see. This is that's an interesting thought. I hadn't heard anything about that. The direct quote: Aaron is physically talented. He just needs to keep working on technique and keep learning. And we may need him this next game. We don't know what's going to happen. We just have a lot of good mm. depth, and that's kind of where the cookie crumbles. It, it could just be one of those, you always got to stay ready. You could know, be. Stay ready so you don't got to get ready kind of thing. In case we need you and some, somebody goes down, you might have to step up and, and play. Um, I'm just, I would be surprised if he was the first guy in from everything that we had saw in training camp. I would be shocked if, by if that If he's too. developed to that level to where he's the first guy in, uh, that's great development. That means Coach Forrester and them have really got this guy you know, up to snuff, and he's going to be ready to play. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of an interesting interesting talking point. Alex Mack, John Lynch, both um, coming with, you know, Banks news this week that Banks is getting closer and closer, and he needs to be ready to contribute to this team and help him win football games. I, I like it. I like them trying yeah. to build the young man up. Um, we'll see. We'll see what, how, how that goes and what this means and if it means anything or if this is all just a smoke screen and they're just trying to build this guy's confidence up a little bit to see how he progresses. Uh, but we do have some breaking news right now, and as we're recording this, the 49ers have officially protected their three players from the practice squad this week. It's linebacker Tyrell Adams, it's wide receiver River Craycraft, and offensive lineman Colton McKibben. Those are your three protected practice squad players. Why? Why? Just why? Colton McKibben's okay. We need to protect River Craycraft? Apparently. Or can you only protect guys a certain amount of time? Maybe. It looks like you can also protect up to four practice squad players per week is what I'm reading. They've here. been doing so three like every week. They've been doing three like everyone else. So they do have technically one more guy that they can, and they can elevate up to two, obviously, players to the active roster before 1 p.m. the day of the game. Um, River Craycraft. <laughs> I mean, I agree with you. Why? I see River Craycraft on Sunday. I riot. There's no reason for him to be on the field, Ant. <laughs> oh no, I, I don't know. I don't know why they protected him, but okay, uh, it's fine. Unless they're playing games with another organization that needs wide receiver help, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're playing with a dartboard and they just throw it up there. It's like, oh, it landed on Craycraft. Yeah, I guess it's Craycraft's turn. Woo, Craycraft! Yeah, woo, Craycraft! Let's protect him, huh? Apparently, uh, okay. Look, Look, I know they protected uh, Colton McKibbis last week, too. That's true. I think they're probably protecting him because Calamente got, got grabbed. They're probably trying to be careful, uh, making sure they don't lose him because people are coming around, sniffing around their extra linemen. What's going on over here? Uh, look, yeah, no, I, I definitely think that's the case. A little odd situation there, and but uh, not any more odd than the, the, the trade rumors that are swirling oh. about in San Francisco land, which they always are. I mean, oh, we, boy. We knew this. We knew this was coming. It was only a matter of time. But now there's some injuries piling up, including injuries for the Cleveland Browns. Dream Hunt put on IR. Probably short-term IR for right now. I haven't heard anything. It sounds like it's a calf strain, so... Not good for Kareem Hunt, not good for Cleveland, because also Nick Chubb. Oh, also, 
starting quarterback Baker Mayfield, whose shoulder he said, and I quote, feels like S word, Ant. Feels Parsley like S word. Labrum. And he landed <clears throat> horribly on it. I was convinced yeah. he tore it the rest of the way based on how he landed during the, the game last week. Jimmy Garoppolo. 49ers have two quarterbacks. I can hear it right now. I can see the I can see the chat right now. I can I can see it. Do it. Pull the trigger. Bring in Odell Beckham Jr. There are people who want this to happen straight up. OBJ Whew. for Jimmy Garoppolo. Ant, are you there? No. Um, OBJ has made one catch. True. Okay. He hasn't made a single playoff catch in his career. I I wouldn't make this pick. I wouldn't make this trade straight up. I don't think this is enough value for the 49ers no. for Jimmy Garoppolo. I would much rather get a second or third round pick than OBJ. Um, we have we have receivers. Receivers aren't the issue. We have Brandon Ayuk. We have Debo Samuel that operate in this offense. We have Travis George Benjamin. Kittle. You have Sanu. Um, I don't want to add OBJ's money to this contract. If I'm getting out from under Jimmy Garoppolo, I want to get out from under Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, to me, this deal doesn't make sense. Uh, I'm not opposed to trading Jimmy Garoppolo for the right offer. If, like we talked about before the show, if the 49ers are sitting there after two more losses, you know they lose to the Bears. They're sitting there with two wins, and they're two and five. Then yeah, you're right there before the trade deadline. You're looking for an opportunity to move Jimmy Garoppolo if the price is right. You don't have to because you have him under contract for another year, so you could do it during the off season. You could, um, but you you take a look at it because someone might want him for a year and a half. That is that is a good point, but yeah, I wouldn't do this move. To me, the OBJ thing doesn't terrible. sound enticing at all. It's terrible. Uh, yeah. It's it's not good. There's nothing about that trade that's good. The 49ers don't win in that trade. You lose. You're not getting out from underneath his contract. You're getting a receiver who's shown he can't consistently get separation right now. Um, an issue that seems to be plaguing certain receivers already in the wide receiving court for the 49ers. Um, yeah, I mean, this doesn't solve any problems. And for all of the people that would be wanting Brandon Ayuk to step up and right, or not get step up, but get more targets, does OBJ help that? How does Odell Beckham Jr. help Brandon Ayuk get a bigger target share and get more touches? He doesn't. No, it does the opposite of that. So if you're wanting Brandon Ayuk to step up because of how special he is, you don't make this trade for Odell Beckham Jr. because you don't need to because you already have Brandon Ayuk. So the logic behind that, that, that means the people who are going to be pushing for this are the same people that want Brandon Ayuk to be you know, a guy who gets more shares and more looks and more touches and uh, not going to do that if you're bringing OBJ in. Uh, you wouldn't think so. I mean, you would, you would basically need to run three receiver sets the whole time um, so that means you're going to take Kyle Juszczyk or George, George Kittle, Kittle off the, the off the field, you know, for different plays. And those are two of your biggest weapons and two of the guys that are big in your run game. So it, to me, it doesn't make sense to have those three receivers with the skill sets that they have. No. Odell Beckham Jr., I guess, is a deep threat, um, but his numbers have been going down consistently. Um, this year, he's averaging just over 43 yards a game receiving. Um, that doesn't scream guy you, you know, you're getting and, and you think he's going to be an impact player. Um, so to me, this trade doesn't make a lot of sense. I would rather have a pick, a value pick in the draft than Odell Beckham Jr. If you could find another player in another situation, I might be willing to do that if there was another guy you know, that could help the football team this year. If this was Jimmy Garoppolo straight up for Kareem Hunt, I would be considering it because of what that does for your running back room right now, right away. But Kareem Hunt's hurt. Nick Chubb's hurt. They're down to Demetric Felton down there, and that would be a great situation there. That's a great opportunity for Demetric Felton, and I'd love to have Demetric Felton here in San Francisco. But there's nothing that the nine, that Cleveland can offer San Francisco, you know, barring them, barring a star, a, a star defensive player, I guess, would be the only other thing that I would be willing to consider. Maybe, maybe picks, but even then, their picks are going to be a little bit later. Um, 
A team like Carolina was another team that got brought up in the trade scenario for Jimmy G because of the 3 0 start. Darnold's been uh, slipping a little bit. Yeah. Carolina's been slipping a little bit. So there were talks, well, maybe they want to make a, 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 you know, a change at the quarterback position. You and I talked about this a little bit. Tommy Tremble, Jimmy Garoppolo, well, and Tommy Tremble and, and a pick for Jimmy Garoppolo if we're two and five. Yay or nay? I mean, yeah, because he's a young player that can benefit your football team. I think at that point you're going for a younger guys. Um, Tommy Trimble's a tight end that would definitely upgrade the tight end position. Somebody that we really liked in the draft and his skill set, and he's been proving to be a, a good player for Carolina. True. I'm not sure they'd want to get rid of him because he's so good, and he could add a lot Well, I um, think they're looking at him team. as the, the Ian Thomas rep- eventual replacement. Oh, He'll eventually take over. Yeah, I mean, he's got a, he's got a great skill set, and he's a tremendous blocker. Mm-hmm. This is the closest thing we would have to George Kittle. Like, you could literally put this guy and mold him behind George Kittle, and he can he could eventually in a, in the next year or so go in when George Kittle is out and he could do similar things. He wouldn't be as successful in the passing game as George Kittle, but in the blocking area of the game, he's a ferocious blocker. And they've been using him in fly sweeps too. He's, yeah. he's a dynamic athlete. He's an athlete. A lot of things. Yeah. Um. One hundred percent. I would be willing to enti- and look at that deal, entertain that deal. Um. I just don't know if Carolina will be willing to do it, but it is interesting that they brought up Carolina and the fact that they're ready to maybe ready to move off of Sam Darnold because um, I was thinking that they were going to be together for a little bit now. I I thought so too. And Sam has been struggling. Um, he he's been he's been dealing with some stuff there. But Joe Brady's Joe Brady still, man. I mean that guy. Joe Brady's in LSU. True. You're not wrong. Yeah. Because of Orgeron, you're not you're not wrong. Look, I I, I think uh, I think you got some interesting situations brewing. The trade talks are just heating up. So faithful cutback crew. If you're not looking forward to Jimmy Garoppolo trade stuff, oh, just just get ready. It's it's coming. It's going to be heating up here over the well, next few weeks. Unless the 49ers beat the Colts and beat the Bears. If the 49ers beat the Colts and beat the Bears, a lot of hush. It'll it'll go away. Well, from most corners of the galaxy and 49ers universe, but there will be one. One gentleman sitting on a throne with a gauntlet full of different infinity stones all saying the same things. Trade Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan have a better attitude. Well, I think the trade Jimmy Garoppolo, though, could just happen in the offseason. Also true. Um, I mean, that's, not in a rush. Yeah. And if someone's willing to overwhelm the 49ers with a trade offer, they'd be dumb not to listen. So I think they will inter- listen and entertain. But yeah. if, if they win the next two games and they get it rolling, they're not doing anything to disrupt that momentum or chemistry with this football team, and they will roll consistently through it. So let, I actually want them to win against the Colts and the Bears because I want them to be relevant this season. I hope Jimmy Garoppolo is on this team. Same here. I'm hoping for that as well. Ant, that would be the best thing for the 49ers. Be the best thing for this channel. Be the best thing for the faithful. Everybody, um, yeah. Positive. People helping people. People helping people. Positive energy all yeah. around for the cutback crew. Positive energy for the 49ers faithful. That's what we're looking forward to. Let us know what you thought about all of this down below in the comment section right now. You excited about this week seven matchup against the Colts? Do these comments from Trent Williams and Alex Mack make you feel a little bit better about this team and this roster? Are you worried about Trey not being available? Are you worried that Suddy might be the backup quarterback, or are you worried that Jimmy's going to be the starting quarterback? And we, we need to know about all of it right now in the comment section down below. You excited about Tasty Hasty? All of it. Let us know. And while you're down there commenting away, don't forget to like. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. Hit that notification bell as well. That way you're notified for all of the incredible content coming up. You don't want to miss Frenzy Friday, Fiesta Friday here on the 49ers Cutback channel. Lots of great stuff for you to indulge in and engage in and just basically be spoiled with 49ers. All day long. 
yeah, I mean, this week is going to be great. Um, today's great. Thursday's great. Friday's great. Um, it's a frenzy of great content. So I'm, I'm looking forward to all of it. Um, and I'm looking forward to what people have to say about, you know, the moves the 49ers have made this week. And if they have any Jimmy Garoppolo trades, maybe we haven't thought of something. And, and you have an idea that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo needs to be moved for this. Um, and if it happens, you'll be excited about it. I, I'm down for that. I'm down to listen to whatever you have to say. Um, or maybe you're in the boat that Jimmy can't be traded. We have to have Jimmy on this football team. And if so, I'm okay with that too. So I, I am curious how people are thinking and how, you know, how the TCC is gauging this situation. You're not, uh, you're not wrong. And I, I, I'm interested to see how they're engaging this. I'm interested to see how they're feeling about all this. So yeah, comment away. Let us know down below and also head over to Patreon because we got lots of great stuff coming out, including an hour long episode of big yikes this week that released on Monday. If you're not on Patreon, you missed one doozy of an episode there of big yikes. So make sure you hop on over there and, uh, you know, you don't have to be one of the GOAT tier members over here. You don't have to be like these gentlemen who are, you know, subscribing at the highest tier over there on Patreon. But you can go support us over there as well. That's another way for you to support and you get additional content. You get a little bit like extra stuff. All 22 film, additional episodes, additional content that you can't get here on YouTube. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a good time over there. No matter how you choose, though, to engage with the Cutback crew, with us, the 49ers Cutback, or just with the fan base itself. We appreciate all your support. We cannot thank you enough. Yeah, 49ers Cutback in Time is also over there on Patreon. Um, so we go back in time, and this week is all about going back to Jerry Rice's last game at the stick um, and just all the fallout that came from it. So we went back to that, and there's a lot of good ones. But you're right, Big Yikes has been stealing the show. A lot of positive comments about what's happening in Big Yikes. That's for sure. Um, so it's been exciting. So if, if you like to laugh and you like to have a good time, uh, Big Yikes is something to check out. And if you like to watch all 22 film, even if you don't want to listen to our breakdown, you just want to watch the game, uh, we have the all 22 on there as we're breaking it down. You can mute us and just watch the game. And it's um, full It's full screen. It's full game. screen. So it's not like a little screen yeah, no. and all us. It's, it's full screen with little us. Yeah, so, I mean, if that's something you're interested in, um, you don't need to go get the pass. Um, you, can, you can get it straight there. Um, save your money. Save your money, and you can get it from us because you can just sit there and mute us and just watch it yourself. So, um, but if you want, if you want the insight, go ahead and listen to it. Absolutely, we enjoy doing the insight. That's why we break these things down. 100%. That's why we break that film down. But uh, cutback crew, we uh, can't thank you enough. Thank you again for all your support. We got a crazy day tomorrow. We got a crazy day on on Friday as well. Make sure you stay tuned, and until the next one, stay safe. Remember the right way is always the 49ers one.